please pray with me. Lord God, I pray that you would fall powerfully upon us today. Lord, speak to our hearts, draw us tangibly, Lord, into your presence. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Well, I brought in my snazzy uh, old fly vest for you today. Doesn't real fit real well with my liturgical vestments. But in this thing, I have got all kinds of stuff. Probably stuff I have to clean out after a while. But uh, there are boxes of flies. There are reels. There is spare line in here, spare tippets. There's these cool little, like, forceps kind of things where it's grabbing onto the flies or onto the, the lines that's so thin that it's floating. <coughs> but really, you know, the real expensive one are these flies. Where are they? I know they're in here somewhere. Because this is like what you get the fish with, right? You know, I got a few right here. Got another case in here with more. I have three more cases I took out because I could barely walk with the thing on. But yeah, there's some more in there. I've got wool boogers. I've got royal wool. I've got a grasshopper. I've got this kind of like sucker-looking thing in there. There's one I've got that looks like a mouse. Anyone ever fish with one of those? Boy, you don't want that to catch you in the back of the head when you're casting. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I love to fly fish, but you know what? I'm not very good. Or at least I'm not in terms of success. I can cast really nice. It looks beautiful. I would bite it if I were a fish. I would, you know, go for that. But for some reason, the fish don't want to bite like we could work out an agreement by now, but it doesn't work that way. I throw them what I think is a beautiful presentation of exactly the right fly. Nothing. Nothing. There's this like unique and mystical aligning of you have to give them the right fly, the right presentation, and then the fish has to want to eat it too, right? I can't work that third one. I've never quite figured out how to get them induce their eating to happen. And so most of the time, I'm just fishing. That's why they call it fishing, not casting, right here. All right, so what I'm doing is just casting that thing out there over and over and over again. I don't know. I just keep getting it wrong. It doesn't work out for me, but I have a good time. In our passage from today, we see Jesus he, as he calls the brothers Peter and Andrew, and he says to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. So the two brothers uh, Peter and Andrew leave their stuff and follow him. And then Jesus sees two more brothers, James and John, and he calls to them. And they leave their net mending work and their father, and they follow him too. Now this passage occurs near the beginning of Jesus' ministry. If you'll remember, he has been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And then the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And the father claims him from heaven as his son, and he says that he's pleased with him. And then Jesus is driven out into the wilderness where he's tempted by Satan for 40 days and 40 nights. Not exactly the baptism present we want, but that's what he gets. And then he comes back victorious and begins to preach repentance. And then he begins to call his disciples, as we see in our reading for today. So that's kind of what's happened in the beginning of the book of Matthew, uh, in the adult life of Jesus. So these disciples, these four guys... Uh, begin to follow him and see his amazing miracles and powerful teaching on the gospel and his deep compassion for the people around him. As they follow him, they see how Jesus carries out his ministry in the world. 
They see how he loves those around him. They hear his message of grace and reconciliation over and over again. They are immersed and steeped in Jesus' ministry. In effect, they begin to learn what it means to be fishers for people. They learn from Jesus that fishing for people involves love. This is summarized in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's all based on the, the principle of love. Also, to be a fisher of people requires service. As uh, Matthew 20, 28 says, The Son of Man, which is Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you've got love, service, and then the third one is sacrifice. We all love that one, don't we? Oh yeah, it's a pleasant one. 1 John 2.2 says, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but for also for the sins of the whole world. We'll say that later in the, uh, at the feast, that's for the feast. Uh, that passage is in our service every Sunday. If you were 8 o'clock, you're very welcome. Now these are the skills that he indoctrinated his disciples with. Love, service, and sacrifice. They were the means by which these disciples were to catch people. It was through these, th these three things that, they, that people would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That is what the catching actually is, right? You don't actually hook people, in case you're wondering about this whole fishing for people. We don't go around with big, like, treble hooks, right? Just kind of, oh, I got him now. Got him good. He's got a leather jacket. It's hooked in there. He's not getting away. No, it doesn't work that way. Actually, we are hooking them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We are not hooking them with some kind of metal hook or some type of personality kind of thing. We are hooking them onto Jesus Christ. That is what our ministry is supposed to be. The goal of the fishing was not for the disciples to become popular or to get large followings for themselves, but rather to see that many people came to follow Jesus Christ. As such, it goes without saying that the original call, the original call that they received on the, the, in Galilee was essential to their continued success. Remember what Jesus first said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. So what does the first part of this call require? Whatever were they supposed to do first? Follow, that's right. Follow me. And then I'll work on that other fishing thing. But the essential part was to follow me. That was the one commandment. The other part, Jesus was going to ensure that his disciples were made to be able to fish for people. But the first thing, the thing that was essential, was that they followed him. If, if the disciples were actually going to fish for people, they would need to use the right bait, too, right? So what do you think? A wooden hooker? I mean, how would you fish for people? Example? That's a great way, absolutely. Now, I think that the commandment to follow me, that call to follow me, implies also that Jesus wants us to use a special bait, a special fly. And that fly is Jesus. It's the Jesus fly. Right? He was the one who was going to go first. He was the one who was going to go before his disciples. He was the one who was asking them to follow him. He was going to go out before them. He was going to be the bait. He is the attractant. 
He is that quintessence that I can't ever figure out in fly fishing, which attracts things to him. Jesus is that. He was the one who would go before his disciples and attract people to himself. The disciples merely needed to point the way. They merely needed to be available, to be willing, to love, to serve, and to sacrifice, and to see that other people came to see Jesus and to know him and to love him. What do you think about that? Now, I think a lot of times in my life, I kind of fish with myself, right, in this whole, like, fishing for people. I kind of throw myself out there. You know how well that works? It might work okay occasionally for short periods of time, but eventually, you know what? They kind of see through me. They kind of see that I'm an artificial bait, right? I'm not the real Jesus. Sometimes in my life, parts of it might look like it, and in yours too, right? Sometimes we might reflect Jesus Christ. His glory might shine through us, and people might think, wow, that person's great. But eventually, if they build their life upon you or me, what's going to happen? Failure. That's right. And when they realize that you're not Jesus, it can be the end of their relationship with him, too. Because if you're him and you fail them, then you just have failed them. But if we're fishing with Jesus, if he is the bait, if he is the thing that people are latching on to, if he is the thing that people are attracted to, and our job is just pointing to him, then people will not be disappointed. Our performance doesn't equate to their continued life with him because they've been on the real thing. They've held on to the true thing. And we have effectively discharged our ministry as fishers of people. Even though 2,000 years have passed since this call upon the disciples, the ministry still stands. We are still fishers of people. We are still called to be out there talking the bait. We're still called to be faithful. One of the main principles of fishing that I've realized is this thing called patience. Anyone ever heard of this? Yeah, I never had time to study what it was, so I don't know what it's all about. But patience is the thing by which you you put the, the bait out there. You lay it out there and you wait. You don't rush it. You don't just keep slapping the water with it. Because that doesn't work. It just scares away the fish. Rather, you allow Jesus to be out there. You consistently and faithfully put him out before you. You follow him into the situations in your life. You allow him to guide you and direct you. And you allow people to slowly and gently come up to him and grasp hold of him and come into a relationship with him. Our responsibility as fishers of people be faithful to that call, to love, to serve, and to sacrifice, but most importantly, to follow as Jesus Christ reaches out into the world around us. So is there a way in which you've seen Jesus working around you? Is there someone's life you've seen him, that he's luring them to him, that he is attracting them, that he is drawing them into his presence? If there is, let's join in with patiently walk alongside that person as they come to know who Jesus Christ is. And let's direct them to him. Let's encourage them. Let's challenge them. 
but most importantly, let's allow Jesus to be the center of their lives so that their relationship is formed with him and not upon anything else. Can we do that? Is it a piece of cake? No, not at all. Fishing isn't. My goodness, but that's what we're called to. And the beauty is it's a challenge. It's always changing. Just like fishing, you know, it depends upon weather, upon atmospheric conditions, upon the barometric pressure, upon all these crazy things, and upon, like, how patient I am that day. Fishing for Jesus is, like, a million times harder. But that makes it an adventure. It's an adventure to walk in with the Lord, to see how he is drawing people to himself. Because the amazing thing is, is when we open our eyes and pray that he will show us, we see amazing ways that God is working in the world around us. And that he is using people like me and you to draw people to him. Let's participate. Let's fish and let's enjoy the fishing with him. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you that you are drawing people to you. Lord, help us to be patient to allow you to attract people to yourself, Lord God. May we be faithful to you and continue to follow you as you do the work in this world. Lord, we entrust ourselves to you and we entrust uh, this whole fishing endeavor to you, Lord God. We are yours and we thank you for drawing us to you first. And we pray that you would spread out your glory and your love in this world that many might come to know you as Lord and Savior. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.